0: Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device.
1: are now listening to Chalkboard Chat. Class is now in session. Today in studio with me, I have Pam Confer, an award-winning bilingual professional singer, songwriter, motivational speaker, HR and PR consultant, and creator of Mississippi Beautiful, a tribute song to the state's bicentennial and opening of the state's two civil rights museums. Former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, proclaimed May 10th as Mississippi Beautiful Day here in the state. Now, this is to celebrate our rich and complicated history of Mississippi. The music, the culture, the food, the people, all of that is what makes Mississippi beautiful. And in today, none other than the creator, Pam Confer, is with me. Welcome to the chat, Pam.
2: Thank you, Jermaine, and thank you, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I appreciate you for educating Mississippi, therefore educating the world. Yes, yes, and we
1: are excited to have you on our education podcast. You have been such a lifelong family member of ours, so thank you so much for joining the podcast with us today, and we are going to have such a great time today.
2: We are family, and that's why I appreciate you guys so much because you are my family and we are in love with the state of Mississippi together.
1: Right. Let's get into you a little bit. I want to talk about Pam Confer, the person, the musician, the everything, because in my introduction, as you you could hear, you do it all, Pam. You really do do it all. So I wanted to get into you and get into Mississippi Beautiful and your history as a Mississippian. So tell me about your history with Mississippi, how you grew up here, and exactly what kind of molded and shaped your version of what makes Mississippi beautiful to you?
2: Okay, that's a great question. My mother is from Oxford, Mississippi, and there are a total of 12 of them that grew up in Oxford, Mississippi, and I spent a large part of my childhood in Oxford throwing rocks in the dirt, although I lived a good part of my childhood also in Memphis, Tennessee, which is urban. So I got a good infusion of the the urban and the rural dynamic in Mississippi. But there's nothing like fried pies, which is what my grandmother used to make, and cakes, and having all the family around the table with so much food that you can come back for more, go to sleep, get back up and get some more food. (laughs) And especially with our family, where we had the opportunity to, to sing, because on my mother's side of the family, everybody sings and their children sing and their children's children sing. And so we would have what was probably tantamount to the Mississippi Mass Choir at our gatherings and reunions and 4th of July and all of that. That's what gave me my sense of love and what really love is for where you stay and who you are. I also remember going to town and how excited we all were to go to town. As I got older, I realized what going to town really meant and the history behind going to town when i was a child and going to town when my mother or when my grandmother who is 102 years old this year would go to town and it was very very different very very dark very very complicated and intriguing at the same time and so my love for mississippi came from all of that understanding that you can have a very complicated history, but that does not negate the beauty that is within the present that you are living. When you think about even the song, Mississippi Beautiful or the lyrics to Mississippi Beautiful, it's important to put it into the context of the person. So as I mentioned, as a child, of course, our backdrop is going to be very different than an adult. And that's why reaching people early on and allowing them to formulate that understanding of what beauty is, and then use those same little people as vessels to carry that message as they get older, is really important. So as a child, understanding what beauty was, was one perspective, but then really appreciating the resilience of Mississippians, the whole resilience of these people who have been through so much. And I think if, if people come from around the world to study Mississippi, people come from around the world to study Mississippi. And so a state that became rich at one point, extremely rich at one point, in the past that does not realize that richness in another connotation in the present has some work to do. And that's why the song Mississippi Beautiful is important because we can still be rich. It may not have the same connotation as economic prowess, for example, but we are still a rich, beautiful, diverse, and deserving state and as my song mentions the moment that we believe that and the more that we believe that we'll be free to be beautiful
1: that's that's a beautiful statement i love that i Thank love you. that pam i love that i want to know what motivation did mississippi give you that made you say let me go educate myself let me learn another language let me Become a professional singer. Let me strive for this dream that I have. What did Mississippi do to help bolster you in that direction?
2: I have always been the person, even growing up, that wanted to bring people together, wanted to connect people that would otherwise not agree, not want to be in the same space. I have always been that person that believed that if a bully had the propensity to isolate groups of people, I'd want to discover why and bring that bully to the people so they could connect on another level. I mean, that's always been me. And Mississippi is just like that. You know, growing up, I grew up very shy. And anyone who is very shy out there, they know that we observe a lot because we're not talking. We're just looking basically (laughs) all the time. We're just looking and we are watching people's behaviors and we're watching, you know, all of their, their attributes one way or the other, right? Come to fruition and you want to heal people if you are a person like me. And so I don't like conflict. And i don't understand why conflict can't be mitigated right by love and i think you can mitigate conflict through love and i've just always been that person so as i started talking more as i got older and gained my confidence and in my sense of self-worth i wanted to pass that on to everyone else and that includes everybody not just people that look like me or that are tall like me, right? <laughs> people that are statuesque like me, but Hispanics, right? But Native Americans, and short people, people that are disabled or differently abled, everyone deserves an opportunity to sit at the table and offer something that will save this world. I, I am truly convinced that the reason why we cannot find, for example, the cure to cancer or we can't solve all of our societal problems is because we don't have those that are afflicted at the table. Everybody should be at the table so we can have solutions together. And I think as soon as we do that, you know, we'll see the beauty and then we'll have solutions. And, and that's and that's the person I've always been. And I, you know, I, I've, I've been the person as a lot of African-Americans have been that have been followed in a store. And it's and it's awkward, especially as a teenager or someone in your formative years, to be followed in a store. It's 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 so confusing because w- why? You know, I've been the person that's been ignored when I'm trying to shop because people assume I'm not going to buy the goods that are in the store at the price they are. You know, I've 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 been talked about as it relates to my natural hair. You know, it's 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 a common Thread that I think a lot of people have, and and I seek to alleviate that through song, through education.
1: What you just explained to me, we're going to add this now to your notch of things that you do. You know, when you pull your Wikipedia and your information up, you've got a a list of things, but now I want to add the great mitigator to it because of the fact of how you are able to say. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring this side of people together and these people together and make this situation less severe while I'm here. Mm-hmm. So I really do thank you for, for being that great mitigator here in the state of Mississippi.
3: You're
2: very welcome. And, and the goal is for all of us to use whatever our capacity is to become a mitigator. We all can, can mitigate with love. I'm convinced.
1: Right. Now tell me how important is finding the beauty in Mississippi when it comes down to what has recently transpired, you know, over the entire world. So we have the pandemic. We have this whole new civil rights movement that's happening. And you were speaking towards some of that, like you growing up and being followed and looked at in a store. How important is it to dig deep within yourself whether you're a person that looks like you and I or whether you're a person who doesn't to find the beauty in this moment that we're in now as a nation as a world how do we you know apply that to this situation
2: here's the thing I think we have to give each other permission right to to celebrate to lament to emote, to express ourselves where we are in this moment. And I think, especially as Mississippians, we are so hard on each other. But we have to realize that no one is where you are (laughs) every moment. You know, somebody's going to be behind you. Somebody's going to be beside you, maybe in front of you, but everyone can't be where you are in your mental state at this moment. So I think giving each other permission, even as we work towards healing and towards purpose, towards understanding, towards connecting, is allowing people to be who they are in that moment. Now, it, here's the thing in between that people have to be moving. movements are designed to move. So if I were to spell it, it would be M-O-V-M-E-A-N-T, right? Because movements are meant to move. So it's my hope that people that are sitting still right now or standing still and saying, I've got my opinion, please respect that, that they say, wait a minute, a car doesn't work like that. If I want to go to the grocery store, I don't just sit in my car and say, all right. Where are the groceries? You have to drive. We all have to drive. We all have to drive. We all have to allow hope and healing to sit in that vehicle with us. So that's why understanding that you're beautiful makes a difference. And and the reason why the song is called Mississippi Beautiful is because who can argue with that? I walk up to you and I say, Jermaine, you're so beautiful. What are you going to say? Don't you ever call me beautiful again.
3: <laughs> <You
2: know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But we have to realize that we are. So whether you live in rural Mississippi, whether you live in urban Mississippi, whether you live in a big house, a small house, whether you go to a public school or a private school, whether you have a bank account that will last for generations or last for a month, you are beautiful with everything that you have to offer and until we realize that we can't move so everything that's going on in the world right now people think and maybe to be fair you may think maybe that the white race may think right they're fighting us they're fighting us what people are fighting are not other people they're not even fighting the police they're fighting the policies the policies that poison and proliferate power that's what people are fighting so the invitation for all of us is to jump in there together with the understanding that until we appreciate everybody and everything they have to offer our vehicle can't move it can't and if you want to move get in the car Get in the car. It's no longer yours anymore. We no longer point at things like enslaved people, right? And say, I bought that. That's mine. That's mine. It doesn't work that that way. And if policies support that way of thinking, there's a limited way of understanding for me, right? I can't understand. If policies limit your ability to invite other people into your life, then we must know that those policies have to be changed, they have to be more flexible but they won't until we change and we become more flexible and that's what being beautiful is about understanding your beauty and if I see the beauty in me we all know this you know psychologists and psychiatrists they all know this that until you see the beauty within Everything else around you is going to be murky. You're not going to see it. So I, I invite people to look in the mirror with all of the faults that you think you have, all of the deficits that you see you have, and see them as attributes that make you unique. And once you see that, once your lens is clear, then you're going to automatically see everybody else is beautiful. And that's when we progress right in that moment right there.
1: That's beautiful. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) That's that's truly beautiful. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to get into the inspiration behind the song, which we've already discussed, basically, from your upbringing to, you know, where you are today. But some of the words really do ring true with what you just said, too, about being flexible. About the growth mindset, kind of what you were speaking to. So, verse one says, Who are we? What do we stand for? Who are we? Nothing remains the same, for we know even the seasons change. Mississippi, who are we? Now, you know about Mississippi weather. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it could be summer in the morning (laughs) and winter in the evening. So the passion behind your writing, what was the inspiration when you wrote these words? Did you take everything that you have now just said into account to be able to, you know, pin this?
2: Here is how the song Mississippi Beautiful evolved. I've always been the one to work towards connecting people, those people that would not automatically have an affinity for each other or want to be in the same space with each other. That has given me the opportunity to work with some of the most deprived communities, some of the most disadvantaged or disenfranchised communities. And it has also given me the opportunity to work with some of the more affluent, the more powerful. And I consider myself so lucky be able to walk through both doors comfortably, and in most cases, be received comfortably. So I I am very fortunate, which lets me know that that is why I'm here, and that is my purpose. So I was working with a corporation, trying to support them with developing a more authentic, intentional relationship with the community that surrounded them. And it was very difficult. So my job was to be the liaison for the community people who didn't quite understand how corporate America worked and for corporate America who had no idea how community works at the core, at the core of community. And it was difficult. And I would walk my dog every day in my neighborhood. Her name was Jazzy and I'm still grieving. I love her so much. But, but she passed away. But I was walking my dog after a long day, was trying to be the great mitigator, right? <laughs> in between corporation and community. And I literally just started, Jermaine, singing the song as I was walking my dog. Who are we, what do we stand for? So I just started, and by the time I got home, the whole song was done. Because that's what I felt in my heart, you know, nothing remains the same. We know even the seasons change. And Jermaine, as you mentioned, the seasons of Mississippi, we should re- be really used to this. You know, we're re- wearing a wool coat one day and short shorts the next, because we don't know, you know, we go to bed with an electric blanket <laughs> and then we wake up sweat because it's like 90 degrees the next morning. So it's just really, it's really, really strange. But if any group of people understand that seasons change it should be mississippi because everything is uncertain about our temperatures all year long right and just when we think we've gotten rid of the mosquito for example it's like it's a mosquito you like okay it's 30. there's no way they'll survive and it's like the next day it's 70. like is that a mosquito right So we have to continue to be flexible and open-minded. This is the reason why I have hope that we could extend (laughs) that same type of understanding to our lives here. It, 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 It confounds me how we can see things change so much in our seasons, as you said. But when it comes to our lives and the way we walk our purpose every day, we're so solid, right, and convinced and adamant that things should be a certain way. And that's what I hope that that we can change through Mississippi Beautiful. So yes, I, I wrote that trying to heal a corporation's relationship with the community that, that surrounded them in it, it hopes that if we all realized that we were beautiful, maybe would there wouldn't be conflict. And and so that's that's how that came about. That's how the song was written and I, you know, I I marvel sometimes like, wow, that was really cool the way that it evolved and still has an opportunity to impact people on any level that you receive it. And I think that's the beauty of it, you know, even the seasons change. What does that mean for your household? Does that mean that you now have an Hispanic daughter-in-law that you never thought you would have because you always thought that you all should marry kind of within your race? So did your season change when your son, who was in the armed forces, decided to take the hand of an Hispanic, beautiful woman and have children? And now all of a sudden, your season has changed. So even the seasons change. And as a result of that, who are we now? Not who are we in 1965, who are we 400 years ago? But Mississippi, comma, who are we in parentheses now? All right. Good
1: stuff. So I want to get into now the culmination of all of this. This is is everything from you being born all the way up until, let's just say, 2017. Mississippi, beautiful. The song has now been penned by you. It has been recorded. And then you fall into a proclamation where now, May 10th, Here in the state of Mississippi has become Mississippi Beautiful Day because of Pam Comfort. We are now celebrating the third year of this. How excited were you when the proclamation was made, when you found out, listen, I am going to have a day that is actually, um, you know, named after me, named after my song. How excited were you when that day came?
2: Jermaine, let me tell you that my cheeks are hurting right now because I'm blushing so hard. <laughs> my cheeks are about to pop. <laughs> but a Mississippi, beautiful day. Wow, I, I think about it, and, and it's hard to believe. But but here is the story. I, I I do this talk called Circle Shifting. So, and I'm happy to do it anywhere. But I do this talk called Circle Shifting that talks about not only existing within circles, we all want to be a part of something in a circle, but it's the difference between existing in a circle or moving within a circle and moving that circle from within. So I also consider myself a circle shifter, and I think that we all can do it. So here is my point. Governor Bryant had heard me sing Mississippi Beautiful quite often because I would sing it at banquets and special events and typically we'd be in the same environment and if someone would call and say would you sing the national anthem then I would say well no actually I don't sing the national anthem but there is a song I've written called Mississippi Beautiful about Mississippi and they would say okay great we'll sing that so I began to sing that instead of the person that would sing the national anthem at their programs, which I thought was just awesome that people were would be receptive to, to that. So the governor had heard me sing the song so many times. He had a signed CD, First Lady Bryant had a signed CD, and we were at a legislative function, and I was standing beside the governor, and I looked at the governor and I said, Governor Bryant. I think we need a Mississippi Beautiful Day. We just need a day that allows Mississippians, no matter where we live, no matter what we do, no matter what we believe, we need one day where each individual person can celebrate it in their own way. So Governor Bryant looks at me and he says, let's do it. Let's do it. Call my office and, and we'll we'll get it done. Let's let's do it. And of course, I'm I'm as you can tell, I'm extremely hyper. So I was like,
3: That's awesome. Thank
2: you. You okay, thank you, Governor. So when I when I started telling people around in my circle, right, that Governor Bryan and I are going to do a Mississippi Beautiful Day, many of them thought, Okay, that's that's not possible. <laughs> you know, he's not going to do that. He's a politician, Pam, he was just placating you. I'm like, no, you know, we had a great conversation and he said he would do it. Long story short, his office called. What day do you want, what do you want it to look like? And I tell you, and I still get emotional about that now, Jermaine, because think about that, you know, Think about the state that we live in. Think about the perception of Mississippi. Think about the perception of the more liberal-minded person versus the more conservative-minded person. Think about the perception of a white male and an African-American woman with an Afro. (laughs) Think about that. Think about the two of them coming together to establish a day where everyone can do just what they did. Celebrate the beauty that exists everywhere. And that's how Mississippi Beautiful Day came to be on May the 10th because of that. And and I am grateful because you don't agree with everyone on everything, even in your own family, you don't. Right. So certainly in politics or in this whole world, you may not. But if two people Jermaine, can come together right, to establish a statewide day. He didn't say, I'm just gonna do it once. You know, this is something that's embedded within all of the holidays for Mississippi forever. And it's done by two people who could not be more different, right? This is why I know that we all can take these same types of steps to mitigate with love or to become a Joy Scout or to, to shift the circles because I was authentic in my approach with him. I was, I was bold enough to ask. Because you you automatically assume, okay, he's not gonna do that, he likes the old song, he likes, but he did. And then I was ready, right? And that's what we all have to be authentic, bold enough to take that step. And then when someone says yes, you have to be ready. And I was ready. And because of that, we have Mississippi Beautiful Day. And I think anything is possible Because of that, I think anything is possible if we all work together and see each other as individual, breathing human beings with talents and something to offer this world.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Okay. So what I want to know now is how do you plan on celebrating this year, May 10th, Mississippi Beautiful Day? Is there cake and punch involved?
2: there will be virtual cake, virtual punch, virtual balloons, virtual people, because we are in a pandemic. (laughs) But it makes Mississippi beautiful nonetheless. We are still beautiful regardless. So we will celebrate on May the 10th. We will have a program where people can see me sing the song, see people talk about what makes Mississippi beautiful, hear poetry about Mississippi and celebrate it. Mississippi Beautiful Day was established in 2018. It is now 2021, so we've had two years of Mississippi Beautiful Day being held during a pandemic. But we know how to pivot in Mississippi. We know how to figure out how to do things a little bit differently if we have to. So we're having a, a wonderful virtual celebration. Thanks to Mississippi Public Broadcasting for hosting this whole platform. But we will celebrate Mississippi Beautiful on May the 10th. I'm so excited to be able to sing the song, to, to connect with Mississippians virtually. And what this really means is that no matter where you are throughout our 82 beautiful counties in Mississippi, no matter where you are, you can celebrate with us. That is the gift that we've been given by being able to celebrate virtually. So I'm excited about that.
1: Now, Ms. Copper, is there anything that you would love to leave my chalkboard chat audience with?
2: What I'd like for Mississippians to do is to invite me to sing Mississippi Beautiful at your program. Invite me to your school to teach it to your kids, to your students, to your church members make sure that this, the lyrics to the song, the impetus for the song is like a flower across the state of Mississippi, like one big magnolia, right? And the lyrics are like the petals just touching all of our communities throughout the state. That is what I want Mississippi Beautiful to do. I'm happy to come to to sing the song. I'm also happy to come and talk about how we all can shift circles, how we all can move to mitigate with love, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I think my approach is very appealing to a variety of audiences because I want to make sure that it soaks in. I want to do that. If, if I could, Jermaine, if I could spend every single day traveling around the state of Mississippi, every single day, all day, talking about how beautiful we are, talking about how beautiful we are. And talking about how we can move, how we can move to love and beauty, I would do that every single day. And that is what I want to do. So if people want to learn more about me, my website is my name. It's PamConfer.com. And if you're wondering, how do you spell Confer? It's just like the verb Confer. C-O-N-F as in Frank E-R, but it's pronounced con- comfort. Confer. So, pamcomfort.com, you can see me there. Please, please like the Mississippi Beautiful Facebook page, please, so that you can see what's going on. And we are working really hard to make this our new state song. So if you, if you join the Mississippi Beautiful page that says, I'm on board, I'm on board with you to make Mississippi Beautiful the state song, and we can track the progress of this song. So please like my Mississippi Beautiful Facebook page and go to com to learn more about my motivation and my music.
4: Hello, I'm Joelle Pavolny, Administrative Assistant at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So this is what I discovered, and I didn't know it when I moved here. As I'm sure people just in life know, is that moving is like a top stressful thing that you know they name like 10 things that are one of the most stressful things that can occur in your life is moving is one of them. And so we had left St. Louis, Missouri where we lived for 14 years, had good friends, were only in Colorado a short time, uprooted and came here. And so the initial move did not feel comfortable. I was not used to the southern culture. When somebody said bless your heart, I did not know what that meant. I had to get used to listening slower to the Southern draw until I got used to it. So it felt hard in the beginning, not because of the Southern draw, but just because of transition in life. My kids, they struggled initially in the transition. And so I was just ready to hunker down and just sort of find my place again. And then my place ended up being in all kinds of uncomfortable places, but I didn't plan on going. So now that I have been here over eight years and I look at my time in Mississippi, I realize it has been a beautiful gift. And this is the only way I know how to relate it, is to a seed. You know, there are seeds if you are walking through a forest or, you know, just around Mississippi, there's acorn seeds all over the ground. And then we have these huge trees. Seeds and trees are both alive, but they're both waiting for something. So the tree is waiting to die eventually because the full-grown tree has already reached its potential. The seeds that are laying on the ground are waiting to flourish. And when I look at myself and coming to Mississippi, I realized that I came here as a seed. And I had a lot of potential inside of me, but I had never had people in my life to call out that potential. Now, don't get me wrong. I was raised in a great family, but it's not that I didn't have a positive influence in my life. But sometimes when you are put in uncomfortable situations and people look at you and say, you can do this, even though you don't think you can, is the first time that you are willing to step out and do hard things. And when you are in a life that feels comfortable, that no one pushes you, you tend to not want to sign up for hard things because we're creatures of comfort. We want to do what comes easy to us. And so I, as an introvert, as someone who is scared a lot and would prefer to stay comfortable, I needed to be pushed. And the only way that I was going to be pushed is to be planted here in Mississippi underneath the influence of people who would give me hard things to do, who later told me that they didn't even know if I could do the hard things, but they gave them to me anyway and just trusted that somehow it would work out. That is a gift. Not everybody will entrust you with hard tasks that they could easily do themselves and entrust it to somebody younger and less experienced and see if they will flourish. Nobody really knew what the outcome was going to be, but isn't that part of the adventure? So for me, Mississippi is where... I grew. I had somebody tell me when we first moved here that I would be planted in pots and I would outgrow them. And that's, in the back of my mind, I've never forgotten that because as a seed I was, I was planted in pots and you know, if a seed is planted, they are in the dark because if you're down in the dirt, it's dirty, it's messy, it's dark. You don't always see the light. You know, in order for a seed to grow, it's got to be watered and there has to be light, but the seed doesn't always see the light. And so it's the only way I know just to describe my time in Mississippi because a lot of the time I was here or I have been here, it has been uncomfortable. It's not always been easy. My best friends live in other states across the United States. So I don't have close friends here. I don't have a lot of family here. But I have been given the gift of having people in my life who have given me things to do and just to see if I could do them and they did not pull those back from me. They allowed me to flourish and sometimes that meant I failed because how else do we learn, right? So you fail, you get back up again and you know, for leaders in our community, and businesses, oftentimes they have to be pretty secure in themselves to actually give something to somebody and even allow them to fail, allow them to learn from it, and then allow them to get back up again and do something great. And so I have been blessed to be underneath mentors that they were not insecure. It doesn't mean they don't have insecurities, but they were secure enough in who they were to trust a process. So being in Mississippi has just been a huge gift in my life. Although it's been uncomfortable, it's been scary sometimes, it's often felt dark or lonely at times, but I would never trade that experience for the growth that I have experienced in my life. And so when I think of Mississippi, I think of a seed that was given a chance to grow. Nothing great is born out of ease or comfort, and that's what makes Mississippi beautiful to me.
5: Hi, I'm Clarence Robeson, and I'm the Media Tech at MPB. I was born here in Mississippi in a little old town called Natchez, Mississippi, one of the most beautiful, beautiful town in the state in this whole state, I think. I was born and raised to the age of seven. And after that, my parents moved, to, you know, the migration north to Chicago. And from that point, I grew up in Chicago, went to elementary school, started high school, and ended up coming back to Mississippi my last year of high school. And when I came back, um, I moved in with my grandmother, who adopted me, and she became my legal guardian. So I ended up finishing school at North Natchez in Natchez, Mississippi, and it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I played a little football, a little basketball, and mostly music. I was known as the guitar kid, you know, because everywhere I went, I'm talking guitar, Jimi Hendrix and Wes Montgomery, you name it, I'm talking guitar whenever you see me. And to this very day, I'm still talking guitar, you know, that's what I do. After I leave here at MPB, I change hats and put on the musician hat. I've been playing guitar now, 40 plus years, yeah. It was like a 50 50, you know. I was half city kid, half country kid. I learned to ride horses and slop hogs and all that kind of good stuff, you know. So, yeah, I got a little country, country, and going in there. Yep, little country going to me. I love the fact that Mississippi is so, it's still, you know, it's an undiscovered vast, you know, forest and trees and rivers and streams. I love that because in Chicago, you see that at the museum, but you don't see it driving down Lakeshore Drive. You know, It was great to be amongst clean air and sky and fishing and all that good stuff that I love. And it inspires a lot of music in me also. One thing I found beautiful about Mississippi, believe it or not, is it's people. And it's music and it's food. Okay, you get good food, good music, you got good people in Mississippi. Those are the three things that make a great combination. Good music, good food you want to have some good people i've never seen anybody angry after having a good meal listening to some good music and having a good time and that's what makes mississippi beautiful to me
0: hi i'm felicia davis the director of early childhood and education enrichment and mississippi public broadcasting My Mississippi history is I am a native Mississippian born in the country out in Hollandale, Mississippi in the Delta. I was an army brat, so I got an opportunity to travel and visit several places like Germany, for example probably from the age of three to five where I returned to Mississippi because Mississippi is and was home. So I had an opportunity to experience elementary school here in Mississippi. I attended a school in Avon, Mississippi, even though a lot of people think it's pronounced Avon because it's spelled Avon, but in Avon. And then I was off again where I lived in Killeen, Texas where Fort Hood is. My dad was stationed there. Those were my fourth through sixth grade years or portions of my sixth grade year. I then returned to Mississippi for my sixth grade year where I got to reunite with my friends. So the blessing and the beauty of it all was I still maintained those friendships that I had created as a small child. So I was able to maintain those friendships and these are the same people that I actually attended like Head Start and first and second grade with. So it was great to come back home and not have to rebuild and um, just kind of pick up where we left off because to me that is part of what makes Mississippi beautiful, the people. The people and the vibe and that family unity. Even in your friendships, it's the family love. And some of those people that are my friends, I do consider them family, even though we're not related by blood. So after my travels from sixth grade in Mississippi, I jetted off to High LeBron, Germany. That's where my middle school years were spent and a portion of my ninth grade year. And after that, I was back in Mississippi to complete my high school years. And again, those same friends, We're here. And it was a good thing because it helped me to not have to worry about, at high school age, especially trying to make new friends. So I always came back. I always pretty much reunited with that same core group, maybe in addition one or two other um, friends. But it was just good to have a sense of familiarity. And I didn't have to worry about some of the pressures of, you know, being a military brat is a blessing because you learn how to form relationships. And you learn, you know, in the middle of the year, you get snatched up. But I always had a place to call home, and it's really home. And that's the great thing about Mississippi. There's a vibe that you cannot get anywhere else. There's a sense of being, and um, again, it's home for me. And so that's what makes Mississippi beautiful to me, just to know that family love is there, that vibe of home.
6: Hi, I'm Miller O'Banner, the second broadcast technician here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I was born here, my father is originally from Chicago, Illinois, and my mother is originally from Newton, Mississippi, which is about an hour or so from here, like right next to Meridian. They met in the late 70s while my dad was down here going to Jackson State University, the (laughs) Love. and my mother was going to Hines, I'm not sure which campus, I can't remember that, but my uncle owned a store on Mill Street at one point in the 70s called O'Banner's Grocery, and he was outside that store. My mom moved down here. I think she was staying with one of my aunts at the time, and they crossed paths. Married in 79, and I was born a few years in the early 80s. I went to Boyd, Casey, late, and my fourth and fifth grade year, North Jackson, and I went to Powell Middle School, graduated from Calloway High School, and... Went to Jackson State and graduated in mass communication, advertising, marketing. Kind of started like a radio career, DJ career while I was in college, just trying to find my way and make a name for myself. To me, a lot of culture, as far as music, a lot of creatives, as far as art, even the food, like how you, know, you came up with your grandparents and your grandparents, your uncles, aunts, mom, father, how they prepare food, how they. relatives used to come down from chicago or another city and just the culture just family and values and just being able to learn and i feel like if you can make it in mississippi you can make it anywhere and that's what makes mississippi beautiful to me
1: hi i'm jermaine flood podcast host at mississippi public broadcasting I was not born in Mississippi, but my parents were in the military. My father grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and my mother grew up in Buffalo, New York. Once they met, I was born in Guam, and we ended up transferring to a few different states before we made it to Gulfport, Mississippi. After Gulfport, Mississippi, we moved to Brandon, Mississippi. And in Brandon, Mississippi is where I really flourished. I went to middle school here. And I also went to high school here. And in those years is where I really gained knowledge of what Mississippi really is. And what makes Mississippi beautiful to me is the people that are here. The people just like you. People who are invested and tuned in to Mississippi. People who care about the outcomes and things that happen here. People who love Mississippi in the same way that I do. That's what makes Mississippi Beautiful to me.
3: Who are we? What do we stand for? Who are we? Nothing remains the same. For. joy and pain for we know that we're more than just a name Mississippi who are we I know we're beautiful we're beautiful the more that you believe that we're beautiful we're beautiful the more that you can see that we're beautiful we're beautiful The moment you believe that we're beautiful, we're beautiful, the moment you can see fellow men for we know Oh.
1: place each day in Gallery 8 of the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. And the song can be found on just about any media platform. So make sure you download it and make it a part of your playlist. For more information on Mississippi Beautiful, visit education.mpbonline.org You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat. Class is now dismissed.
0: You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat. An MPB Education Podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAS.